Welcome to the CyberLife Podcast, where we help you learn cybersecurity best practices, give you a weekly update on the latest cybersecurity news, and share valuable career advice. Hi everyone, it's Ken. In today's episode, you're going to hear from world-famous Sean Robinson. Sean is a cybersecurity risk management program manager for a leading annuity and life insurance solutions provider. He's got over 30 years of experience in telecommunications, networking, and security technology, and he's got a strong background in the financial services industry. Sean is also a U.S. Army veteran, so thank you, Sean, for your service. He's president of the Charlotte Metro ISC Squared chapter. He's a CISSP, or a Certified Information System Security Professional, for those that maybe don't know what that certification is. And Sean also holds a number of other industry certifications. So because of his background in cyber risk, we're going to be talking today about cyber risk management as well as governance to help organizations understand some of the best practices out there from experts like Sean. So without further ado, let's jump right in and learn about cyber risk management and governance. So thanks again, Sean, for coming on. For listeners out there, we're going to be talking a little bit about cyber risk management governance. We'll be talking about the upcoming changes to the NIST cybersecurity framework. Um, they put it out for comments right now while we're filming this. And then also the recent SCC rules that went into effect that everyone's panicking about. So thanks again, Sean, for coming. And I just want to dive right into it. Risk management and governance, I mean, they're not always the sexiest things, right? We People talk about hacking and there's all these movies and stuff. You, you don't see any movies out there on risk management and governance, but they're actually crucial for organizations. And so I want to ask you, Sean, how do risk management and governance, how do they help form a resilient security foundation for organization, organizations that allows them to address all these emerging threats that are coming? Yeah. Hey, uh, first of all, thanks, Ken, for having me on the show. So, yeah, as you mentioned, right, so risk management and governance, that's not the sexy part of uh, cyber, right? But it's important from the standpoint that risk management and governance, it plays a vital role in helping to establish the security foundation for uh, your organization, right, to make sure you have that resiliency built into your programs. It can help you do that by being able to identify risk within your your organization as it relates to potential security risk and vulnerabilities. It also helps you assess, assess the impact of those risks to your environment, right? So you can identify what are the critical risks within your business and then look to put together plans to remediate uh, those critical threats to your organization. It also helps you as far as like implementing your controls, right? So your governance framework is going to provide you guidelines around like best practices for your security controls, right? So those controls will help you, uh, as I mentioned, mitigate the known risk or any emerging risks that are in your environment. As you know, the most recent emerging risk is around AI. There's already some information out from NISC around like AI governance. So utilizing it for, from that standpoint to help you uh, build a robust program, right? And then being able to adapt your strategies as it relates to being flexible to either new laws and regulations. So those are some things at a high level that can that uh, risk and governance can help you from a security standpoint for your, your program. So I, I mentioned earlier, right at the start of this, the NIST cybersecurity framework, the update that's coming, as well as a recent SEC ruling that went into effect. And so when we think about those things, they're they're really bringing cyber risk management, governance, as well as on the SEC side, bringing material impact of incidents to the forefront for everyone now. 
So can you kind of elaborate on, on some of the key changes you see with both the upcoming CSF as well as SEC rules, and then also the implications both of those might bring for an organization? And then the last part of that is, as security leaders, how can we kind of navigate the new waters? Yeah, so I think with the with the SEC rule that recently was was finalized back in um, July, I believe, right? So now there's going to be increased focus around like the how you're actually performing your governance as it relates to cybersecurity, right? So from a board standpoint, but more specifically down to the management level. CEO and at that aspect, right? How they are actually managing um, the governance of your security, right? So there's things that are going to be required that were not asked of for businesses before as it relates to how you're disclosing, how you're performing those activities. Like it's one thing to write to say in your 10K, we take cybersecurity serious and, and we're aware of all these emerging threats. Now they're kind of asking us to uh, show our work, right? Like, yeah, you got the right answer on your homework, but how exactly are you doing these things? How exactly are you performing your risk identification, right? What what things are you doing to define your risk appetite for your business? How are you monitoring and controlling your cybersecurity tools in your environment, your processes and procedures as it may relate to data protection, right? Because the SEC rule is around what would a reasonable investor uh, consider a material risk, right? It's not so much looking at things from a technical standpoint, it's more from an investor and business standpoint, right? So being able to put that information in there. So if there's a reasonable investor looks at your 10K or your 8K, they can they can look at that and they can get an idea of what things you are doing from a business standpoint uh, to reduce the likelihood of a material impact to your business, right? That could cause an adverse effect on your stock price for that investor, right? So then you have to look at like the how you're reporting things out uh, from your from a larger standpoint, right? Your board is going to have to be able to speak to how they're how they are overseeing how management is, is doing those things, right? One of the big things that came out there was uh, a big push and a lot of hope within the security community, right? That there would be board representation uh, from a cybersecurity expert, but that was actually pulled from um, the final rule, right? So we didn't get everything that we thought we sh- would would or should have, but I think we're moving in the right direction. Although I think it's going to take some time going forward to get another rule chain where they will actually have somebody on the board that can understand this thing because they're asking the board to understand how they are handling and governing cyber risk, but not actually having a clear understanding, right? So then where I think the NIST CSF ties in, the new NIST CSF 2.0 has introduced the governance function, right? So previously there were just the five functions around identify, protect, detect, respond, recover. Now there's governance in there that's more uh, looking at the overall approach of how you're doing your 
cybersecurity risk management, right? This new rule, it's a lot more focused around like the risk management aspect. What are the outcomes that you're expecting from a risk management standpoint as you build out your, your program? So I think that security leaders, as they take a look at the new risk management framework for, for NIST itself, right? And look at what we're being asked to do from a SEC standpoint, there's going to be a opportunity to take this framework and utilize that to show by following these steps within the NIST CSF, this is how we're actually building out a reasonable cybersecurity program that could be defendable, right? In the event that there is going to be an incident, right? So it's not that we're going to be able to stop everything from happening, but being able to put things in place where you can show that you took a, a reasonable uh, approach and you exercise due diligence and due care from a, a security standpoint. And then I think you asked me one other question there, Ken. I want to make sure I, I covered that as well. Yeah, kind of the last part was how can security leaders navigate the, the new things that are coming in the pipeline? Uh, so, yeah, I think the ways you can kind of navigate it, right, is you're going to have to engage your uh, your business partners, right? So this, especially with the SEC ruling, right, this is not just a security issue or, or something that only security needs to deal with. It's something that all of the business needs to be involved with. So you need to you need to work with your chief risk officers, your legal finance communications, working with all those folks across the broader business, right? So that you're creating a a clear understanding for your business context, right? What does it actually mean? What's material for our business context, right? How do we define that? And then what do we do once we define that material impact? How are we quantifying uh, and qualifying those material risks to our business? And then what's our approach to, to mitigate that? How are we going to work on crafting our disclosures? Because your disclosures are going to be key, right? So it's going to be a, a, a lot of effort. I think what a lot of us are probably waiting for in December, the first the first folks are going to be required to write those disclosures. So a lot of us are going to be interested to look at what's in the 10Ks that will be coming out in uh, the latter part of the year so that we can kind of get an idea of like what folks are putting in there. But yeah, just working with working with those business partners, working with your general counsel, things like that to start figuring out um, from more of a business aspect what we need to do to make sure that we are uh, compliant uh, with the new SEC rules that are coming out. Sean, how can having a solid cyber risk management strategy and program in place, how can that help? security leaders essentially present themselves in the organization, not just as like that, Hey, here's a tech expert, but also that they're a valuable business partner for the overall organization. Yes. I mean, I think, I think it does that by helping the, the technologist, the technology focused leader, which most have been for quite a long time to, to start to present themselves, right, as I'm not just a tech leader, I'm a business leader, right? I understand how uh, having this program in place can help me identify 
uh, new business opportunities within within the organization, right? Uh, it can also help you be able to get buy-in from the other executives, right? When you're when you're crouching the conversation in the business terms that the other executive leaders understand, right? That makes it easier for them to buy in when they when they can understand clearly that this is the the monetary impact of either not mitigating this risk or uh, mitigating this risk, right? Or we need to buy this particular tool because it's going to create this value within the business, right? So I think the thing for us is from a security standpoint, it's going to challenge us to uh, learn a new language. I think for a long time, we've been expecting the business to learn our language and we've been frustrated that they have not. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be incumbent upon us, right, as security leaders to learn the language of business, to speak the language of business, right? Because that is how the world works, whether we like it or not. Uh, we've got to speak their language. We've got to get them to buy in and understand that we are not just a cost center, but we are here to add value to the business, right? We can help facilitate uh, decision-making around uh, products and services. We can provide guidance and input around things from a legal and regulatory standpoint and just help overall prepare the business, right, to be even more resilient as we move into the future and technology continues to evolve. So as security leaders, do you have any recommendations for for really weaving cybersecurity, not only in the corporate culture, but also in the strategic business decision making process? Yeah, again, I mean, I think to to weave it into the to to the business process. Right. I think that is, again, goes back to building the relationships cross functionally across the business. Right. At every area, uh, every level within security. Right. So from the CISO all the way down to the SOC analyst, right? Like building those relationships within the business so that uh, we can continue to like show the value uh, of security in the business, right? So no longer looking at things from, as they say, like, no, we can't do this because it's not secure, but saying, okay, I understand what the business needs, needs to do. Let's take a look from a security standpoint, how we can, uh, implement security by design, right? So let's take the approach of how the business needs to do this to, to bring value and produce product. So how do we help them do that securely, right? So fostering discussion from, from that standpoint, implementing things like uh, security champions programs, right? Where you're trying to embed, like most folks look at the security champions program, how they've been implemented, is purely from like a development uh, standpoint where you're having a developer do it. But taking, I think by taking a much broader approach where you have security champions within all areas of your business, right? Helping to provide training and context around uh, what security means for your business, right? And then helping the folks, whether they're in marketing or finance or, or credit or whatever, business unit they're in, right? Helping them understand uh, security, right? And then 
building those relationships where they're comfortable coming to you uh, when they have projects. So they're not just trying to go around you because human nature, if you build a barrier, we're going to figure out to go a way to go around it. So removing those barriers so where folks within the business feel comfortable coming to security and uh, looking for us in security to be trusted advisors on every uh, level within the organization. I think that's going to be critical as we move forward, Ken. So we talked a little earlier about risk management governance. I mean, it's just not the sexiest part of cyber. Uh, of course, there's are people that are going to argue me down out there that work in GRC stuff and they guess the sexiest thing ever. But in reality, it's not. And so as governance in particular, the oversight takes a little more center stage, especially with the SEC ruling, I think this presents a potential opportunity for security leaders to kind of influence that broader business strategy. So with that being said, how do you think that security leaders can leverage their security wisdom to help drive innovation, resilience, competitive advantage, et cetera, in a business in today's landscape? Uh, that's a good question. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I kind of mentioned that one thing is being able to provide insight and drive innovation around resiliency and creating that competitive edge is by being able to help the organization identify like business opportunities, right? By understanding any potential security risks or vulnerabilities, we can help identify areas where innovative solutions can kind of like enhance security while we're trying to create new business opportunities, whether that be a merger or acquisition, building a new product or service, things like that, uh, helping to enable digital transformation, right? Being able to embrace, embrace that digital transformation in a secure manner, right? Helping to provide guidance around like cloud adoption, uh, specifically now we're talking about AI, providing that guidance, but how do we securely utilize, implement AI into our environment, right? Or any other emerging technologies, right? While mitigating risk. And then another big focus I think is gonna be around data and, and privacy. So leveraging expertise from a security standpoint as it relates to data protection and privacy, to ensure that as the laws continue to change, there's there's upcoming laws out in California uh, as it relates to uh, uh, disclosures for cyber incidents outside of CP, CCPA that's looking to be brought out. That's going to help build customer trust in the long run and potentially create like competitive advantages, I would say, for organizations, right? And then just continue to use like the things that we have today, like our threat intelligence and, and analysis, right? To provide insight to the to the organization so that we're informed around like what threats are potentially uh, could occur within our particular vertical and proactively looking to address those things and strengthen our resiliency so that we can reduce uh, the impact of those type of, of of incidents, right? And then just looking at security less as a cost center, but more as like a differentiator in the marketplace, right? As we mentioned with SEC rule, everybody's going to be required to disclose like to a certain degree how you're performing your governance within um, 
your organization as it relates to cybersecurity. So that's potentially a way to differentiate yourself from other organizations when you look at how you're managing your program versus someone versus your competitor, right? So I think those type of things there uh, will be instrumental as we kind of move forward. And then the last big thing is supply chain security, right? Like we're all aware of the challenges that we're facing as it relates to supply chain security. So I think being able to shape the discussions from that standpoint where you're you're providing your insight into the strategies around what needs to be done from a su supply chain standpoint for uh, your business, whether it's hardware or software that you're introducing into your, your business, right? What are the things that we're doing? What vendors are we introducing and suppliers are we introducing into our business and how can uh, a negative impact impact from a cyber standpoint and their business impact our organization and what are we doing to uh, mitigate that so that we can recover and have the appropriate uh, business continue on even in the event of something like that. Sean, any final thoughts or advice for organizations out there around risk management governance or anything else? Uh, I think I would I think I would just say like that uh, for those of us that are in this space. Right. Uh, we didn't always get the, the the shine that folks would like. But now I think this is your time to step up to the plate and show your true value. And I think that those on the more technical side of security. Right. Also need to get prepared to look at things much more broader than just the uh, ones and zeros side of security and being then start looking at how you, what you do from a technical side, how that actually relates to the risk management. And as you bring that understanding together, I think that will lead to a more secure and resilient organization, which is going to benefit us all uh, in the future because the landscape just keeps evolving whether it's going to be AI, whether it's going to be military conflict, political unrest, there's all types of things that are going to continue to shape the technology and cyber landscape. And I think it's incumbent upon us as leaders uh, to continue to try to stay ahead of the curve and be as educated and proactive as possible as we move forward, understanding the risks that are facing us and what we need to do to mitigate those risks. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're looking to secure your business better or build up your cybersecurity career, then check us out over at cyberlife.tv. That's C-Y-B-E-R-L-I-F-E dot T-V.